0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that the Inspired Love Program is now open for enrollment. If you've wanted to work with me in 2023, this is your opportunity, and you can apply now by going to inspiredloveprogram.com. When you go to that page, you'll have the opportunity to look over some information about the program. You can send in your application if you're ready to apply. And once your application is approved, you'll be able to book a discovery call with our team to find out if this program is the right thing for you. I'm very excited about what we're gonna be doing in the program this year, and I want you to be there. So if you feel like this is the thing for you, go apply now and we cannot wait to meet you on your discovery call. Okay, so welcome back, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Shane here, excited to be back with you today. And um, today's conversation is is something I've really been looking forward to. And I've been thinking a lot lately about the dating culture as a whole. You know, I've been thinking a lot about really kind of the water we're swimming in, dating, and even, I mean, it extends even into relationships, right? Because what we pick up when we're dating spills over into the relationships we create. So you know, it's it's really the relationship culture that we're in. And you know, we have a dating world that is highly, highly toxic. And we have, uh, I mean, dating apps which have created this illusion that people are disposable. And, you know, when you're done with someone, you just ghost them and you never have to talk to them again or or ever be accountable for your actions or the things that you said and did with that person. And we have a divorce rate that's like 80%. Don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but, but, you know, it's, it's something like that. It's high. It's like most of the marriages that, you know, come together, end up breaking up eventually. And this is the, this is the world and the relationship culture that we're all living in. And what's really, what's really amazing, or maybe amazing is not the word, but what's really astounding is that in the midst of all this culture, in the midst of this toxicity and this lack of respect and lack of honoring of human beings, and, and, you know, like in the midst of all of this, in the hearts of every single person is this desire for authentic love is this desire to love completely and to be loved completely. And that is, and I'm not necessarily saying every single person in the world wants a relationship. You know, people have different ideas about what they want in relationship. But love, the desire to love fully and to be loved fully is at the heart of every single human being on the planet. It's what we're made of. It's what we're going back to. It's it's the essence of what we are. And it's something that we all deeply, deeply crave. And all of our attempts, you know, no matter what we're doing and all the all the craziness and all the game playing and all the lies and manipulation and all of it, like, it's all very misguided. It's all very toxic. It's all very destructive. It's all very hurtful. But you've got to see that underneath all of that, underneath all the game playing and the manipulation and the toxicity, what's happening is people are trying to find a way to feel that love. Right? If you look underneath that, And if you look, you know, they took advantage of me and they lied to me and they used me and they, well, I get it. It hurt. It was wrong. They shouldn't have done that. But you've got to see that even underneath that, what was driving that person was trying to feel that love and not knowing how to feel that. And what we have is, you know, this, this world of seven going on 8 billion people who have inherited generations of trauma who have been raised in a culture of fear, who have been raised in a culture of protect and justify and validate and, and all this all this stuff and those of us who have grown up in, the, in these toxic cultures and have been raised in a culture of fear and have learned to protect ourselves and have learned to be suspicious of others and have learned to defend and have learned to judge and those of us who have been raised in this culture, have developed a certain belief about it and a certain understanding about it that says the only way to get what I want in this world is to manipulate it or is to take it by force. And that's what we've inherited. That's what we've been raised in. That's what we've been handed. And now we're all kind of lost within that trying to do our best and trying to find love. And so what I really what I really want to speak into today and if you can really understand this conversation, it's going to be so so powerful because most of us don't truly recognize our predicament. Most of us don't truly recognize the predicament that we're in here in this planet. And it's like it's not an easy hand we've been dealt. You know, like we talk a lot about What your parents did, you know, oh, well, my my parent, my mother was addicted to drugs or my dad was a narcissist or my dad used to beat my mom. And, you know, like we talk about the trauma that we directly experienced and how that impacted us. And of course, it's very obvious. It's very easy to see that, right? Like, you know, if you were a little kid and you watched your father beating your mother and you had to hide in the corner and you tried to protect her and you got thrown to the other side of the room or whatever, right? Some version of that. It's very easy to see how that trauma impacted you and how you would have built up barriers and protections against love and how you would have wanted to keep people at a distance because if you grew up in an environment like that, being close to someone would feel very dangerous for you. Right, It's very easy to see that. But what's not so obvious and is not so easy to see is how the generational trauma has impacted us. How trauma that wasn't even experienced directly in your family is still impacting your life. Because the truth is, some of us came from a relatively loving home. Some of us came from parents who, for the most part, were good parents. And some of us didn't. And, you know, we have a mix of everything here. But the truth is, even if you came from a good home, even if you came from parents who were loving and who wanted to support you and, you know, who really genuinely did their best and were genuinely good parents, like, you didn't escape this. Because the truth is, is all the other kids, even though you had good parents, not all the other kids had good parents. And you had to go to school and you had to be in relationship with those other kids who had all those parents that were traumatizing them. And so you had traumatized kids coming to school and you inherited their trauma and, you know, the, the impressions, like if if we just want to take a look at the world at large, And really understand like how this trauma has been passed down from generation to generation to generation and what that has created, what, like how, how a modern society that has inherited all of that trauma and how we have adapted because of that and what it has created, you will really see the gravity of the predicament that we're in today you will really see the gravity of like how challenging our situation actually is. And I know a lot of you are saying like, I'm a good person. I'm a good person with a good heart and I get up every day and I do my best. And I'm, for the most part, I'm kind to people. And for the most part, I I try to be loving towards people and I try to do my best. And why is it still so hard for me? Why is it still so hard for me to find a good, loving relationship when I'm a good person, with a good heart, when I wish well for other people? And if you're asking that question right now, because I asked the same question in my life, you know, I went like, what the hell, man? Like, why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? And when I, when I really started to realize what's really happening in this world and, and I started to make sense of it. And I, what I started to realize is that, yes, it's important to be a good person, but what, what succeeding in this world requires of us is not just to be a good person but it's to be an extraordinary person. It's to be somebody whose light is so bright that it can match the amount of darkness that currently exists in the world. That's what it requires to succeed in this world. Now, if we lived in a world where everybody was good, where we hadn't inherited all this trauma. And and like I want to say, I believe at, at in our hearts, everybody is good. Like I am not somebody who believes in our hearts, we are evil. I believe in our hearts, we are good. But I'm also aware that we were all born into an insane world. Like look, you know, our parents, like my generation, and and some of you are in my parents' generation, so that would be your generation. So my mother was raised, having inherited, like, my grandfather's life, born into the Great Depression, lived through World War II, and now, like, this was the world he grew up in, okay? And, and my grandpa was a good man. Like, my grandpa was a good man. He was not abusive. He was not narcissistic. He was humble. He was kind. He was good to his wife. He was good to his children. But this was the world he grew up in, okay? Like, when I go visit my grandpa, and I go visit my grandpa on a regular basis, but when I go visit my grandfather, like the consciousness that he has is like, it's so far from where I am. Like, it's it's amazing that we can even be in the same space, right? That someone from his world and someone from my world can even be in the same space. It's amazing. And my grandpa, like he he experienced so much trauma. Like when he was a little kid, he lived in a tent. You know, like he, his house was a tent with a wood floor. Whoa. (laughs) And that's, that's where he lived. That's where he grew up. Right. And they used to eat like for meals, they would have like a piece of bread with some gravy on top. And that was all he would eat in the whole day. And like, they used to have bugs and stuff in their food and they would eat it anyway because it was all the food they had. Okay. Now this is just two generations ago. And this is the person that raised my mother. Now, my mother was a good person. She was a good person, but she did not know how to succeed in this world. Why? Because nobody taught her. Nobody taught her. And so my mom ended up in a string of toxic relationships. Alcoholic husbands, abusive partners, people who made her do all the work while they stayed home and drank all day. Right? People who made her work two jobs and raise all the kids by themselves while, while they stayed home and drank all day. Like this, these were the partners that my mom chose because she didn't know any better. She had never been educated about this stuff. She had been raised by my grandfather who was raised during the Great Depression. Like my grandpa thought it was amazing that he had a grocery store that he could go to and get food at. Right? like My grandpa still eats McDonald's at least once a day because he thinks it's amazing that food is that easy to get. And this is my grandfather, who's a good man with a good heart. He's a sincere human being. And he raised my mother, who's a good woman with a good heart. And she is a sincere human being. But it takes more than being a good and sincere human being to succeed in today's world. It takes more than that. Because, because the world is insane. We, If you look back as far as time goes back, we have lived in a world that has been dominated by war, that has been dominated by chaos, that has been dominated by scarcity, that has been dominated by fear. And now we are at a place in our evolution as human beings where we actually have the potential to not live that way where there is enough knowledge and resources available in some parts of the world, right? Not in all the parts of the world, but in some parts of the world that we can actually realistically see leaving all of that behind. And we are the generation that has the opportunity to do that. And that can mean incredible things for our future. It can mean we we cut these intergenerational trauma, like we we cut it off here and we start raising our children in a new way and they inherit a new world from us. And they don't learn the same toxic lessons that all of us learned. Like our children can be raised in a loving and supportive culture that encourages them to, to be their authentic self, that reinforces the ideas that they are good enough. But you see, if we are going to do that, if we are going to break the intergenerational trauma lines that are being passed down, if we are going to create a new world being coming into the future that's going to require us to be a little bit better than just being good people who do our best. It's going to require us to be exceptional. It's going to require us, like I said earlier, to have enough light within us to bring enough light to this world that we can match the amount of darkness that's in the world. And so the reason I'm having this conversation right now, and the reason why it's important for you to really understand this is because we've got we've to gotta see the big picture. We've got to see the big picture. You know, I had someone in my last Inspired Love program, and something we do in the Inspired Love program is uh, one of the sessions we go through is where we talk about the wounded parent archetypes, right? And so we go through, and you may have had a helpless parent. You may have had an, an addicted parent. You may have had a uh a, what was, an abusive parent, right? You may have had, uh, I'm drawing a blank now, trying to think of all of them. Um you may have had a guilt-tripping parent, you may have had a dream-crushing parent, right? So, so like there, there are all these different archetypes of the different ways that our parents passed their trauma onto us. And I had I had someone in the last Inspired Love program who said this to me, and And she's like, well, you know, I, I can't, I can't see how my parents passed on any of this to me. Like, I can't see, like my parents were not addicted. My parents were not helpless. My parents were not guilt tripping. They were not dream crushers. Right. How did my parents pass? Like, I don't see it for me. Right. And I asked her, I go, okay, well, maybe it wasn't about your parents. I said, but can you think of a time when you were a child that you experience just an insane amount of pain and suffering, and she thought about it for a moment, and and like and she immediately just like starts breaking down into tears, and she shared a situation where her parents were forced to leave her in a place that she didn't want to be. And like, and she's a little girl when this is happening and like the absolute terror and the absolute fear of being abandoned by the only people that she trusted in the world. And these are people who loved her and they were good to her, but they were forced to leave her in a position as a little girl that she didn't want to be in. And the terror and the pain of being abandoned by your parents and left and like this is a great example. Like it seems like such a subtle thing. It seems like such a subtle thing, but what you don't realize is that we we were all raised in a world that forced these situations on us. You know, my mom was a good person and she tried her best, but you know what? Sometimes she had to leave me at daycare. And there were things that happened at that daycare that were not nice. And and fortunately, you know, nothing awful ever happened to me, but I saw some pretty crazy things happening and, and I didn't even see the worst of it. Like I didn't even see the worst of what's happening out there. Like I have clients come to me and, and sharing with me the things that happened to them by their parents or by other people. And the point is, is this is the whole world we live in. This is the, it's the water we swim in and people say like, why are, why are men the way they are? Like, why do men just ghost without a word? Well, the reason men ghost without a word is because that's what they've been taught. And the truth is, is that men are not the only ones who do it, is that women do it too because that's what they've been taught. The truth is, is we were raised in a culture that taught us that the way to get by in this world is to take what you can for yourself and screw everyone else. That's what we were taught. And even if your parents didn't teach you that, the culture taught you that. And so, yes, in your heart, you have this deep, authentic desire for love. In your heart, you have this deep craving and this deep need to love and to be loved and to share your truth. But on top of that is this thick layer of fear of all the trauma you've ever experienced in your life, of all the times you've been manipulated by someone, of all the times you've been lied to, of all the times you've been let down, of all the times you fell for someone and they crushed your heart. And so in the truth and the core of who you are, there is this deep, authentic love that is bright and beautiful and real. And then on top of that is this thick layer of fear. And you know what? When you were five, six years old and you started going to school, a lot of us didn't really know how to fit in. And we felt rejected by our peers. And that left a mark. And we started to develop the idea that I'm different from other people, that I don't know how to fit in with people, that I don't know how to get along with people. And you see, we were raised in a culture that that was brought up on survival of the fittest. And so we didn't necessarily have environments around us as children that said, oh, you don't know how to fit in with the other children. Well, let me... Let me facilitate this process for you. Let me help you understand how this works. Let me help you get to know the other kids. Let me help you feel your way into this. Right? We didn't we weren't raised in a culture that was sensitive enough to those things. And we were raised in survival of the fittest. Get in there and make it work. If you can't do it, I guess you're on your own. And so some of us, a very small percentage of us, were able to fit in and be cool and get approval and and get popularity and all of that, a very small percentage of us, really just because we were lucky, just because maybe our egos were a little more developed than some other people. And so we were lucky and we were able to fit in, but other people were not. And those people who were not able to fit in were left alone to develop the idea that I don't belong that I can't be accepted, that I'm not worthy, that I'm not likable, that I'm not wanted, that I'm not attractive, that I don't have whatever it is that all these other people seem to have when they're fitting in. And that's trauma. That's trauma. And let me tell you, if that's the idea that you developed about yourself in kindergarten, That idea hasn't left you. Hey everybody, I just wanted to jump in real quick because I know you know about it and I know I've been talking about it on the show, but if you're ready to apply for the Inspired Love Program, I wanna let you know exactly how to do that. The first thing you're gonna do is go to inspiredloveprogram.com. Once you're on that page, you'll be able to see an outline of the content and the session modules. You'll be able to read testimonials from past students to find out what they got from the program. And when you're ready to apply, you'll find the link to do that right there on that page. You'll know immediately if your application is approved. And once your application is approved, you'll get access to my calendar. You'll be able to book a call with one of my team members to get on the phone face-to-face and find out if this program is the right thing for you. There's no commitment to book a call, and you don't even have to make a decision about the program until after the call. So if you think this might be the right thing for you, go apply for the program now. I want you to know that I put my heart and soul into this program, and when we work together, I am going to give you my absolute best. So I truly hope you take this opportunity to go for it. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I truly hope that you are one of the people we get to meet on our discovery calls. Lots of love. That's just the way it is. And so we wonder, well, why is the dating culture so toxic? It's because we're like a little bunch of traumatized people who are hurt. And deeply wounded and deeply afraid and we all feel that we're not enough and we're all trying to compete with each other to to be seen and to get approval and to be liked and to be accepted and to be validated and we're all we're all competing against these heavy wounds inside of ourselves and and then we're all out there mingling around with each other trying to find love and you know what men have been taught from the time they were a young boy I was just I was just um if you know Preston Smiles I'm a big fan of Preston Smiles he's a he's a really cool guy and I was just watching a video from him earlier and he was talking about how you know young boys like were were exposed to like Hercules and Rambo and I mean who are some of the other like G.I. Joe right and like these strong stoic men who have no emotion who have no vulnerability, who are like these lone wolf characters, who who just, they, they solve the problem and overcome this incredible evil and save the day all by themselves with never receiving support from anyone and never asking for help. And never showing any emotion, never showing any vulnerability. And the young men, the young boys who were born into our culture have been taught that that is who they're supposed to be as men. And the women, to a large degree, have been taught the opposite, right? Don't own your power. Don't speak your truth. Don't take up too much space. Be this soft, submissive little woman like all the women in, in all the TV and all the cartoons and all the shows, right? Right? And this is what we've been handed. And it's like it's I want you to get this. It's not anyone's fault. You say, oh, there's all these narcissistic men out there. I get it, but it's not even their fault. They inherited that in the same way that you inherited all of your stuff. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't anybody's fault. This is what we picked up when we came into this world. And now here we are in this really interesting predicament where we all have these deep, vulnerable hearts that crave love on the deepest levels. And we all have this thick layer of fear and pretense of let me prove myself. Let me show you who I am. Let me make myself look so cool. Let me boost my ego up. Let me build this thick, superficial wall around me that makes me look fucking awesome to everybody, but nobody ever knows who I really am on the inside. And everybody's doing this. And then we wonder why it's so toxic. Why the dating culture is the way it is. Why we can't find love. And then... It becomes like swimming in this water feels so hopeless and so defeating and so exhausting and so frustrating that we sell out for just a little bit of relief because we think it's the best we can hope for. So we go home and we sleep with someone that we didn't really want to sleep with that much, but we're just like, fuck it. At least I can get a little bit of relief. At least I can feel something. At least I can be touched by someone. At least I can be held by someone. At least I can have an orgasm or, or at least some kind of sexual stimulation because nothing else is happening in my life. And this is the predicament. And I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat the predicament because you've got to wake up to what's actually happening here. Like you've got to really see it for what it is. Because that's the only way you're going to be empowered to do something about it. And you see, this is the truth. And this is why I advocate so strongly for the Inspired Love Program. Because the Inspired Love Program was created to answer this problem. Because there's something really, really amazing that happens when someone can bring enough light into this world to match the amount of darkness that's in it there's something really, really amazing. Like, I'm just going to say this, and I'm not bragging when I say this, but I'm just telling you how it is. Okay? Me doing the work on myself and bringing my light to the world has allowed me to create a thriving business, has allowed me to create a thriving marriage, has allowed me to... I mean, we're starting a family now. We have our little puppy here. We're, start- we're starting a family. We just bought our dream home. Like, it's allowed me to create all of this. And on top of that, it's allowed me to affect significant change for thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the world, most of whom I've never even met in person. This is how much power you doing the work on yourself and bringing your light to the world can have. And and I want to tell you, it's not, it's not only nice to do that, it's necessary. It is the only way to have your dreams come true and to make a positive difference in the world. It's the only way to do it. This is why I advocate so strongly for the Inspired Love program, because we are traumatized. Some of us were abused by our parents or our uncle when we were sleeping as little kids. Some of us watched our fathers beat our mothers and we had to hide in the corner. And some of us grew up in nice homes and didn't have to experience any of that. We just had to deal with the rest of the world when we left the house. We just had to deal with the kids at school that were bullying us. We just had to deal with the popular kids inviting us over after school and pretending like we were their best friend and then showing up to school the next day and having them act like they didn't even know who we were and making fun of us. That happened to me. We just had to deal with the person we liked as a child, the person we had our childhood crush on, never even giving us a second thought. And wondering what's so wrong with me as a child, six, seven years old, I get this crush on someone in my class and they never give me a second thought. And then I, as a little kid, have to wonder why I wasn't good enough for them. And then I tell my mom about it and I say, and I'm so heartbroken that this girl I have a crush on doesn't like me. And my mom says, oh, it's just puppy love. It's just kid love. It doesn't mean anything. You'll get over it. You'll outgrow it. And my mom was a good person, but she didn't have the consciousness to realize what was actually happening at that time. She didn't have the consciousness to realize that I was framing ideas about myself, that I was not enough, that I was not lovable, that I was not wanted. And she didn't know how to help me in that predicament. And so I just had to figure it out. Like, you've got to understand, I don't care who you are, you didn't escape this. The world gave it to you. You inherited it. We've all inherited it. And now the question is, what are you going to do about it? Who are you going to become in the face of this predicament? Are you going to go inside your own heart and start bringing forth enough light that you can have your life be amazing and make a positive impact on the lives of those around you? Or are you going to retreat back into your shell, hide from the scary, dark, toxic world, and console yourself by telling yourself, well, I'm a good person. And I did my best. And you will not have the life that you want to live. And you will not make a positive difference in the world but you'll stay safe inside your little shell and you'll console yourself by telling yourself that you're a good person. So the question is, who do you want to be? And what kind of life do you want to have? How committed are you going to be to yourself and your own healing? That's really the question because this is what I see. I see it in the Inspired Love program. I see it with my clients. I've seen it with my life and my friends, my wife, and our journey, is that when someone when someone can bring their light to the world, you start to stand out. You know, it's like in a world of darkness, in a world of toxicity, like if we just if we just take the dating world, for instance, right, where people treat people like they're disposable right? I go on a date with you. If I like you and think you're cool, I'm going to treat you like I worship the ground you walk on. And if I don't like you, I'm going to treat you like you're fucking useless, like you mean nothing to me. Not even acknowledge you with a, with a final text and, and a thank you for the time we spent together, right? Like This is how the dating world is. And somebody who shows up in that world Somebody who shows up in that world, bringing their light with them. Someone who looks people in the eyes and connects to other human beings on a heart level. Someone who acknowledges and validates that even if, I, even if I'm not into you, even if I don't want a second date or even if I don't want to, you know, take this any further. I acknowledge that it took courage for you to show up tonight. I acknowledge that you're putting yourself out there just to be on this date right now. I acknowledge that you're dealing with a lot of shit in your life, just like I am. And in the midst of all the shit that you're dealing with in your life, you found time to go out on this date tonight because you felt like it was important enough to explore love in your life. And even if you've got a big ego and you're all like hot shit and like you're too good for everything, I'm able to see through that. And I'm able to see that underneath your big old ego with all your grandiosity and all that, that there's just a scared little child inside that wants to be loved. And so when I talk to you, I don't talk to the big ego that's trying to be all hot shit. I talk to that little child and I let you know that you're enough and you don't have to do all of that. And I do this not just with my words, but with my actions, with my way of being, with my energy that this come from that I'm describing right now is the reality of me through and through to my core. And when somebody shows up like that in the dating world, they stand out. You see, when you bring that much light to a world of darkness, people notice you. And people start to say to themselves, I don't know what it was I felt when I was with that person, but I want to feel that again. Like I like I that I've never had a conversation like that. And I don't know what what it was. I don't know what it, we didn't even talk about anything special. But something I felt with that person, I want to feel that again. I felt like they saw me, and I was trying to do all this stuff and show them how great I am and show them how cool I am and all this. But they didn't even see that. They saw through it. They saw me, and I felt something, and I want to feel that again. You see, when you can start bringing that energy to the dating world, when you can start bringing love energy to the dating world, something real and true and authentic and alive, people are going to start to experience you differently. You're going to stand out you're going to have people calling you back. You're going to have people wanting to see you again. And the reason that we can't bring that energy or we can't bring it consistently is because of our fear. And I know as I say this, like as I'm describing this, I know every single person who's gonna hear this right now, you can recognize that you have that within you. You can recognize that. There's not a single person who heard what I just described who can't recognize that part of themselves and see that you have that inside of you. Every single one of you can recognize that. But here's the difference. When your trauma gets activated, You are not yourself anymore. You see, this is what trauma is. And I I talked about this in the last episode too. When you experience trauma, when when you watch your father beat your mother, or when someone crawled into your bed in the middle of the night and touched you when they weren't supposed to, or when you went to school and you had a crush and that crush mocked you or was completely disinterested in you, Or when you tried to fit in with the cool kids and they bullied you or they rejected you or any version of this. Like fill in the blank with your own stuff. But when we experience this stuff, a part of us is locked in time trying to survive that experience. Wherever you experience trauma, wherever your heart has been broken wherever you have been violated or disowned or abandoned or disregarded in your life, there is a part of you that is locked in time and is still trying to survive that experience. And what happens is you go out in the dating world and you're on a date and you're, you're feeling great about yourself and you got all dressed up and you looked in the mirror and you said, yeah, I'm hot and you feel great. And you're going out and you're all like this and you're all, oh yeah. And then you sit down in front of that person and you start to feel a little nervous and your mind starts to say, am I saying the right things? Am I doing the right things? Did, did I, was my laugh too funny? Are they going to like me? Is, 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 is this going well? Right. And you start to question yourself. That's your trauma. You are questioning yourself because a part of you is not present. A part of you is back in time, reliving a past pain and trying to survive it. And that is why you are questioning yourself right now. Because all those fears and those doubts and those insecurities and am I enough and are they going to like me and, uh, and all of that, it's your trauma being reactivated. You see that awesome you that you know in your heart, that that version of you that is loving and confident and intimate? They've left the building. They're not there anymore. Because you're no longer present in the experience, showing up as yourself. You have reverted to a traumatized version of yourself. And now you're trying to survive the experience. And like, I want to say, this is not your fault. This is not your fault. You couldn't do it any other way. You inherited this. We all inherited this. But we've got to see the difference between who we know ourselves to be in our heart and who we revert to when our trauma is activated. When that person doesn't text us back and we go, Oh my God, they didn't text me back. Did I make a fool of myself? Did I say something wrong? Do they not like me? Why haven't they texted? Are they seeing someone else? And and, and all, and the, the machine starts rolling. And your anxiety starts building. And you start going, should I text them again? Maybe I won't text them. I'm not going to text them for three days. And I'm going to see if they respond in three days. And if they don't text for three days, then I'm going to whoa. You start, these are all survival strategies. Do you see that? Do you see yourself trying to survive the experience right there? And do you see that when that happens, when you start trying to survive the experience, you are not yourself. You have reverted. And you can't think yourself out of this. Your thinking is what does it. A lot of times we go, okay, now, thanks Shane, now now I see it, got it. I'm just going to not do that next time. Good luck with that. So I saw a comment. Somebody asked, how do we how do we release these traumas, right? How do we how do we get over these traumas is what they ask. How do we get over these traumas? Well, and, and I'm just gonna say, like, if you really want to get serious about getting over these traumas, the Inspired Love Program is the way to do that. Like, I, I mean, there's probably nothing I could say that's gonna even come close to the amount of work we're gonna do together in that program. So that'll be the first thing I say. But let's let's talk a little bit about the process because there there are a lot of levels to this here. Okay you've got you've to understand your own wounding. And, and so what I'm really going to talk about here is, is the process we go through in the program. It's because the first thing we do in the first module of the program is called awareness. And in awareness, what we do is it's about understanding your own wounding. It's about learning your own story. From the time you were born, you've been telling yourself the story of your life. And as we've talked about, you were born into a toxic world. You were born into a world that has a heritage of war and violence and take what I want with no regard. Like, that's our history. This whole human rights thing is a very recent thing. Like, I hope you realize that. We take it for granted. It's very recent. Humans did not have rights even just a few hundred years ago. So you were born into a toxic world. And you got to know yourself in relationship with a toxic world. Some of the toxicity was in your home. Some of the toxicity was outside of your home. But you got to know yourself in relationship with a toxic world. And so you told yourself the story of, the story of your life, basing it on the toxic and damaging experiences that you had growing up you came to define and create an identity for yourself in relationship with the toxic experiences that you were going through. People always say, well, I experienced good things. Didn't that have an effect? Well, to a degree, of course. The love you experienced, the trust, the safety you experienced, it had an effect. But we respond to fear a hundred times stronger than we respond to love. Because fear makes us want to protect ourselves. Whereas with love, there's nothing to protect. So yes, the positive experiences had an impact, but you didn't build your identity up around them. You built your your identity up around the things that you felt like you needed to protect yourself from. Around the things that you felt like were going to hurt you. And so you had to look out for them. And so in the first module of the program, Awareness, we are bringing awareness to the story of our lives. We are looking at the experiences we've been through. How did we define those experiences? How did we define ourselves in relationship with those experiences? And once we can really see a clear picture of how the story developed, how the identity was created, how we came to know ourselves the way we know ourselves today. Once we got a clear picture of that, then we're ready to let it go. Then we can see how the story is actually a false story and we can be ready to let it go. This leads us into the second piece of the program, which is called forgiveness. Forgiveness is the release. Forgiveness is the letting go. I say forgiveness is giving up the past so that you can love and give as though before it ever happened. Right? So if the trauma had never occurred, if you had never come to know yourself in relationship with a toxic world, who would you be? How would you live? How would you love? So that's what forgiveness is all about. Having come to understand it in the awareness module we move to the forgiveness module. We release it and we let it go. We let it wash away. To do this we do somatic process. So we get out of the mind we get into the body. We feel into the body. Where am I holding on in my body? We learn to release the tension. We do a, a big process on shame. Learning to release the idea that we are shameful going through every single little corner of our lives where we hold shame, where we hold the idea that I'm not enough, that I'm not worthy, that I'm not lovable. And piece by piece, if it's around your body issues, if it's around your relational issues, if it's around your mental health, if it's around what you eat, if it's around your addictions, if it's around whatever whatever it is, piece by piece. We release these one by one. We do breath work. Breath work literally takes you out of the physical mind. It literally literally gets you out of the thinking mind. It brings you into a completely embodied state where your body is full of energy. You're not thinking at all Your body is literally vibrating with energy and all the impurities are forced out through your breath. Hey everybody, I just wanted to jump in real quick because I know you know about it and I know I've been talking about it on the show, but if you're ready to apply for the Inspired Love Program, I wanna let you know exactly how to do that. The first thing you're gonna do is go to inspiredloveprogram.com. Once you're on that page, you'll be able to see an outline of the content and the session modules. You'll be able to read testimonials from past students to find out what they got from the program. And when you're ready to apply, you'll find the link to do that right there on that page. You'll know immediately if your application is approved. And once your application is approved, you'll get access to my calendar. You'll be able to book a call with one of my team members to get on the phone face to face and find out if this program is the right thing for you. There's no commitment to book a call and you don't even have to make a decision about the program until after the call. So if you think this might be the right thing for you, go apply for the program now. I want you to know that I put my heart and soul into this program. And when we work together, I am going to give you my absolute best. So I truly hope you take this opportunity to go for it. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I truly hope that you are one of the people we get to meet on our discovery calls. Lots of love. I have a master breath worker come into the program and guide this process, facilitate this process for us. Her name is Lori Reyes-Desanti. I've been working with her for, a decade now. She's been doing this over 30 years. She is a master of her craft, and she's going to guide us in this process. We do inner child healing. We do inner child healing. So what we do with the inner child healing is we develop an open dialogue and an open relationship with the wounded parts of ourselves. Something new I'm doing this time around, which in the previous programs, We've done inner child healing where we relate with one inner child. Right? So there's one inner child and we relate with that one. Something I'm expanding in in the program this time around is we're going to do it where we relate with our inner children. And so we go to each experience. Like I said, there's a part of you that is locked in time when you experience trauma. We're going to go to each of these experiences and develop a relationship with them, so we can free those imprisoned children from the burdens that they're carrying. That's forgiveness. Phase three is aliveness. Aliveness is looking to the future, having understood my story, having understood my limit, limi- uh, my limitations, right? Having understood the limiting identity that has held me back for my life having released it and given it up in the forgiveness process. Now I look to the future. What is my vision for my life? What is my vision for love? Who do I want to be in the world? What is my passion? What do I want to create? How do I want to feel? What is the impact I want to have on others? What is my contribution and the difference I want to make in my life? And we let the energy of you, of your truth, of your authenticity, of your passion, now that there's nothing holding you back, we let that out into the world, fully and completely expressed. And we let you be that beacon of love, like a light that is shining in the darkness, calling love Back to you. Now, part of this, and, and I know you all want to know this, is we do the we do the practical work. Okay, so how to navigate dating apps, how to meet people in person, where to meet people, what to say, how to start conversations, how to uh, you know we we do like case studies on on like scenarios and and you know how to navigate different scenarios, right? So yes, we do all of that. We equip you with the skills. And that's important. I'm not going to minimize the importance of that. But more important than that is embodying the energy. It's embodying the energy that, again, being that beacon of light in the darkness, being that beacon of love in the darkness that is calling love back to you. You know, I, I really want to say this and it's, it's so important because for years I thought that I I thought that I could get what I wanted from life by just pushing forward with my mind, putting one foot in front of the other, just keep trying, just keep struggling one more date, just one date a week, no matter what, and I'm going to finally make it happen. But eventually I realized that I was just experiencing the same things over and over and over and over again. And what I realized is there were things inside of me that I was running from that I didn't want to face up to, that I didn't want to deal with. And I thought if I could just make the outside world look the way I wanted it to, that that it would heal the suffering that was happening inside. And eventually, it got to a point where the suffering that was happening inside would not go away no matter how many things I changed on the outside, no matter how perfect I made everything look on the outside. That even though I found the the partnership that I wanted to have, there were parts of me that wouldn't allow me to have it. And, And I was actually afraid that I'm going to lose this if I can't figure out how to be the man I need to be in this situation. And that forced me, that forced me to get the help I needed. And this is what I say to everyone is like, you have nothing to lose It can only get better. The more work you do on yourself, your life can only get better. That's the only thing that can happen. So I saw someone ask earlier, they said, where do I sign up? And I just want to let you know, Um, go to inspiredloveprogram.com that's inspiredloveprogram.com. You'll be able to see a program outline there. You'll be able to read testimonials from past students. And if you're ready, you'll be able to apply for the program there. Uh, the way it works, I just want to let everyone know, is once you apply for the program, um, you'll uh, you, you'll know immediately if your application is approved. Not all applications get approved, but the people who are ready for the program, their applications do get approved. And... Um, if your application gets approved, you'll gain access to my calendar immediately. You'll be able to book a call with one of our team members. You're going to get on a call. Um, basically, they'll break down all the details of the program to you, tell you what it's all about, answer any questions you have. Um, I mean, you don't even have to make a decision about the program until after you book your call. Right? Or excuse me, until after your call's done. Right? So like literally there's there's no commitment. Like you just book a call to learn about the program. It doesn't cost anything to book a call. You don't have to make a decision until after the call. And by the way, we also have a money back guarantee. So if at any point in the first three weeks of the program, you feel like this isn't what I was looking for. This, this isn't, you know, not serving me. That's fine. We got a money back guarantee. Try it out for the first three weeks. If it's not for you, get your money back, go do something else, go take a different program. Right? So like I'm I'm trying to make this as easy as I possibly can for you to take this step and make a profound difference in your life. Like I don't I don't want to put up roadblocks for you. Like I want this to be easy for you. Thank you, Rami. I see Rami just dropped a comment. She says, I was a part of Shane's last program, and it is so worth it. Thank you, Rami. Love you and sending you lots of love. Uh Rami's amazing. She's just beautiful, beautiful soul. Um so yeah, I mean You've got nothing to lose, and uh, it, there's no risk. Just just try it out. See if it's for you. So all that being said, um, I want to open up for questions now. And um, I, I know some questions were dropped in the chat. I'm going to scroll back through, see if I could find a couple of them. Um, if you have questions, go ahead, drop them into the chat. I'll get to as many as I can, all right? So I'm going to start with this question from Superwoman Leo. And that's a really cool name, by the way. Love My wife's a Leo rising. I love Leos. Great energy. Great energy. All right. So um, my co-founder has been flirting with me, but does not show signs of anything serious. Does this mean he's disrespecting me? He's my younger brother's good friend. Okay, well, I mean, I think some people are just flirty. So, I mean, some people might just flirt because that's what they do. Um, I wouldn't call that disrespectful. Now, let me, let me preface this, and I put up a video about this recently. If you're in a relationship, don't be going around flirting with other people, okay? You're being an asshole if you do that. You're disrespecting your relationship. You're disrespecting the other person that you're flirting with. It's just a shitty thing to do. But if you're single, be a flirt. <laughs> like I, I, think, I think for single people, Being flirty in general is great energy because you're, you're creating like a a kind of a sensual, sensual might not be the right word, but you're creating, you're creating a kind of an intimate, you know, yummy connection with people as a matter of fact. And so as a single person to, to be able to bring that energy, it's a really good thing because you're, you're very naturally connecting with people in an intimate way right? And it's appropriate. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not gross or anything like that. So yes, like, so, so going back to the question, is he disrespecting you by flirting with you? For a single man to be flirting with another single woman, even if there's no intention to take it anywhere, I don't personally find that to be disrespectful. Okay? I think that's just, maybe he's got flirty energy and he might just be that way with everyone. But if he's this goes for him or just for anybody. It becomes disrespect when someone is leading you to believe that something would happen and, and they're not following through on it, okay? But what I really want to say is that more than anything, it's not that other people disrespect you, it's that you disrespect yourself. Because look, if there's some dude out there who's going to promise you the world who's going to say, oh yeah, you're the girl for me and you're everything I've been looking for and I want us to go the distance and you know, he's going to make you all these promises but then just not follow through on any of it. Well, it's not going to take you very long to realize that's what he's doing. So could we say that he's disrespecting you? Sure, he's being disrespectful. But there are lots of disrespectful people in the world. So you can't blame every disrespectful person for you being disrespected. You've ultimately got to take some responsibility and say, it's up to me to make sure I have relationships with people who respect me. So going back to the the question, I would say, if you feel that he's disrespecting you, like if, like, let me put it this way. If him being flirty with you like that is something that bothers you, is something that made you, makes you feel uncomfortable. I wouldn't say that he's being disrespectful, but if you don't like that, if that doesn't feel good for you, then it's your responsibility to create a boundary. It's your responsibility to say to him, listen, seems like you're pretty flirty with me. I don't really like that. Can we just talk like normal people, please? You know, if you create that boundary and he keeps doing it anyway, it'd be like listen i talked to you about this once okay next time i'm just going to probably like i don't know i know he's your co-founder right so there's so there's maybe a it might be you can't really cut him out of your life necessarily but you might need to have a more serious conversation with him like listen we're co-founders we work together like if you have a romantic interest then let's talk about that but if that's not what's going on here then we need to have a professional relationship so it would be okay for you to create a boundary like that, that would be okay. And if you feel, you feel strongly like that's how I want our relationship to be, but I'm not doing it. Well, now the question really becomes, why are you disrespecting yourself by allowing yourself to accept treatment from someone that you don't like? Like the truth is we teach people how to treat us. And we teach people how to treat us by what we accept from them and what we don't accept, by what we allow and what we don't allow. So if somebody's being a certain way with you and you just let it continue to happen without saying anything about it, I mean, they're not necessarily disrespecting you, but you might feel disrespected. And the responsibility is on you to say something. So hope that answers your question. Lots of love, you know, if, and I would say just to add to that, if he's someone that you might be interested in exploring more of a romantic relationship with, then I would just call him out. Like, like if I, if putting myself in your position, if, if someone was flirting with me, but they weren't saying anything direct or making any kind of direct movements for something to happen between us, but they were just like hinting at it especially if I were a woman and I'm not but you know as a man I think it might be a little forceful to say this to a woman but as a woman saying it to a man I think it'd be totally appropriate so like I would say I would say something like I feel like you're flirting with me but you haven't asked me out so what do you want to do bro <laughs> right like I would kind of put him on the spot and be like are you hinting at something serious or are you just being flirty like, again, as a man, I think it would be like a, a little a little harsh to say that to a woman. But a woman saying that to a man, I think would be totally appropriate. Like, it's it's okay. When a man is being wishy-washy, it's okay to challenge him into a commitment, right? If he's not being committed already, challenge him into that commitment. Be like, what are you doing, bro? Like, are you, maybe don't call him bro, but, you know, what are you doing? So, let me give you the exact words I would use for it, because I, don't, I, don't, I want to give you something you can actually use here. So the exact words I would say would be something like, hey, hold on, what, what, what is it? It's, so I just want to ask you, because it seems like you're flirting with me, and are you trying to flirt with me, or are you just being that way? I would say something like that, right? Like, like I'm getting the vibe that you're flirting with me and I want to know, are you trying to flirt with me or are you just being that way? Like that gives him the opportunity to say what he wants. And he'll either be like, oh, I'm just playing around. I don't mean anything by it. Or he'll be like, yeah, I actually am flirting with you. And then, you, and then you'll have the opportunity to say, okay, what do you want to do about that? Right, And now we have kind of a a banter going, a dance going that could become romantic if you want it to go there. If you don't want it to go there, just create the boundary. All right. Hope that helps. Lots of love. Next question. Um, This is from Stretch If Ute, I think I got that name right. Um, Been four years in a relationship with a man who is an energy vampire. He wants me to fix him, but I'm ready to move on. How to break things off with him? Look, there is no easy way to ever break things off with anyone. All this stuff about how do I break things off, how do I do it, when do I do it, what's the right time, what's the right way to do it, is just procrastination. And I get it. You are afraid. It's been a four-year relationship. It's a big decision. It's a major life change. You're going to experience severe emotional fallout to some degree. I imagine maybe not. I don't want to I don't want to put that out there if that's not the case, but usually we would experience a pretty heavy emotional fallout from ending a 4-year relationship. Okay, so you have valid reason to want to procrastinate this. It's scary. It's a big step. It's a major life change. But I want you to recognize There is no right way. There is no right time. And you sitting around waiting for that is just you procrastinating because you're scary. This is how you break up with someone. You sit them down and you say, I do not want to be in this relationship anymore. I'm done. That's it. That's all there is to it. Now, of course, there will probably be some more discussion And depending on how the discussion goes, you can be willing to entertain them more or less, right? So if the discussion, you know, cause they're probably gonna be like, what, why, what, what did I do? What did I say? And you know, you could say like, listen, I'm not happy. This is not the kind of relationship I'm looking for. I don't want to try to work on it. I don't want to try to fix it. I'm done. You can offer them maybe a few more words like that. But at the end of the day, like, if you know that you're done, this is not a long conversation. This is not a let's, let's sit here for hours and talk it out kind of conversation. This is a I need to clearly let you know what I am doing and move forward and be done. And the more you drag it out, the more likely it is that you're going to second guess and go back to the relationship. So I I really want you to like, it's important, this is important, right? Like you've got to be clear that you are done and that you're out and you don't want to open up for a lot of discussion around it. This is the decision you've made. This is where you stand and you're done. Now, maybe if you feel that it's right, six months down the road, if this person reaches out to you and you feel confident, like you moved on and you're clear and, and you know, you're know you not going to go back and this person reaches out and they really sincerely want to know on a, in a deeper way, like, you know, why did you end this? Like, I really want to know. Like sometimes people reach out and they ask that. At that point, I think it would be appropriate to have a deeper conversation. But in the moment, when it is time to end it with someone. You need to know where you stand. You need to say it clearly. Be as loving and as compassionate as you can, but maintain that boundary, right? So you might say something like, listen, I'm I'm sorry that this is hurting you. I do not want to hurt you, but this is what I have to do for myself. You might say something like that, right? You might say like, I know this is probably sudden and I know you weren't expecting it and I know it hurts and I'm sorry for that, but this is what I have to do, right? You might offer a few words like that, but that's all. Like it's, it is not complicated to break up with someone. It does not require a lot of questioning and a lot of figuring out it's challenging to do. And I've, I mean, look, I got, when I was dating, I got to a place in my life where I said, I am not going to hide from that and I'm not going to run from it. I am going to get to know people. I'm going to, I'm going to spend enough time with them to know for certain if I want to commit to them for life or not. And as soon as I know that for certain, I am going to let them know and I'm going to move on. And that was a promise I made to myself. And I never had any relationships that went much longer than a year because that was my commitment. And I I kept, I stayed true to that commitment. And so part of that was that I would break up with people in person and, and that I would, I would meet them face to face and I would be completely honest with them. And so I actually had to learn how to do this. And it was it was not easy. Like, you know, like so, some of these conversations I had to have, you know, I've been with someone for a year and I'm clear that I no longer want to be with them and I have to break up with them. And so like, I'm actually going to their house and like sitting down on the couch with them and saying, listen, we need to talk. And And like, this is what I've come to know is true for me. This is what I have to do. And I'm sorry, right? That is that is not an easy thing to do this is a very challenging thing to do but i want to tell you being courageous enough to do that being the kind of person who can do that that's the kind of person who can actually have a conscious relationship because you have learned in your body in a real way to push through that discomfort and to have those challenging conversations. And over the years, you know, like my wife and I made a promise to each other early on in our relationship that like when we need to talk about something that we're going to show up to talk about it and that nobody's leaving until we've, until we've figured it out. And like, yeah, we might, if it gets too heated, we might take some time to, to, you know, take a break if, if we need to sleep on it, you know, there have been times where it's like, listen, it's late. Like we just need to pick this up tomorrow. So I'm not saying that we've never taken breaks, but we sit in that discomfort with each other and we talk these things out. And like, there have been days and this doesn't happen often. I mean, my wife and I have a beautiful, very deep and loving relationship, but, but there have been very challenging moments for us. And there have been days when we sat on the couch for five hours, Like sitting in the discomfort, talking out our truth with each other, not even knowing if by the end of this conversation, if we were still going to have a relationship or if we were going to go our separate ways. And our willingness to do that kind of work with each other is the reason we have the quality of relationship that we have. And if I'm just going to say, if you can't do that with somebody that you're going to break up with there's no way you'll be able to do it with someone that you actually want to keep in your life because the stakes are so much higher. And so for me, like learning to do that was a major part of learning the relational skills that have allowed me to have a relationship, to allowed me to have the relationship that I have with my wife today. Like it's it's so important to to learn how to work with these emotions in your body. And I'll say as well, like that's a big part of what we do in Inspired Love, right? Is to learn how to be with and hold these difficult emotions in our body. Hey everybody, I just wanted to jump in real quick because I know you know about it and I know I've been talking about it on the show, but if you're ready to apply for the Inspired Love program, I wanna let you know exactly how to do that. The first thing you're gonna do is go to inspiredloveprogram.com. Once you're on that page, you'll be able to see an outline of the content and the session modules. You'll be able to read testimonials from past students to find out what they got from the program. And when you're ready to apply, you'll find the link to do that right there on that page you'll know immediately if your application is approved. And once your application is approved, you'll get access to my calendar, you'll be able to book a call with one of my team members to get on the phone face-to-face and find out if this program is the right thing for you. There's no commitment to book a call and you don't even have to make a decision about the program until after the call. So if you think this might be the right thing for you, go apply for the program now. I want you to know that I put my heart and soul into this program. And when we work together, I am going to give you my absolute best. So I truly hope you take this opportunity to go for it. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I truly hope that you are one of the people we get to meet on our discovery calls. Lots of love. Because like, look, when you're dating, you you are going to have all kinds of emotions activated in your body and when you're in the first 6 months with someone and you're figuring out what we are and where we're going and what this is going to be you are going to have all kinds of difficult emotions in your body you know when you when you are committing to like life with someone and you're now you're now dealing with like I'll just be real like you're dealing with with real life challenges like how are we going to navigate differences in sexual desire, knowing that I'm never going to have sex with anyone else and we're committed to this for life. And now we've got to, now we've got to confront like very intimate, vulnerable details about our life. And we've got to figure out how to like bring love, and compassion and understanding and partnership to a very vulnerable and frustrating aspect of our life. Right, like I'm gonna tell you, those kinds of challenges are on a whole other level than anything I ever experienced while I was dating. And if I had not developed a level of mastery with the kinds of emotional experiences that I had when I was dating, I would have never been prepared for the kinds of ex- emotional experiences I have in a marriage. And, and I think in a, in a very interesting way, it's perfect, right? Like, like the things you have to learn to succeed in dating are the very things that prepare you to, to, to be in the first six months of a relationship. And the things that you learn in those first six months of a relationship are the things that prepare you for the first couple of years of the relationship. And the things that you learn in those first few years are the things that prepare you to like raise kids with someone. right? And, and it just keeps going like that. But when you try to take shortcuts at any level of the game, when you try to bypass an important lesson at any level of the game, you're then not prepared for the next step. And this is why you bypass all those lessons that you were supposed to learn when you were dating. And, you, and, and then you get involved with someone and you're trying to define what this relationship is and what our future looks like, but you're bombarded with all these emotional experiences that you don't know how to handle because you never learned how to handle them while you were dating. And now you feel completely disempowered and you don't know how to navigate that first six months. And so the relationship falls apart or in those first six months, right? If you don't, if you don't know how to, how to like navigate those difficult emotional experiences where you're trying to define, like, what are we, what are we doing here? Where is this relationship going? Do we have a future together? Right. And if you don't know how to navigate those difficult emotional experiences in that phase, Well, then how are you going to navigate the difficult emotional experiences when you're living with someone and you wake up together and you go to sleep together and then they're in your face all the time and they're telling you about their day when you're having your own anxieties and stresses and they're needing support from you, but you're barely able to deal with your own stuff. How are you going to deal with that if you didn't learn in the previous stage? And this is why the divorce rate is 70, 80% is because people are jumping into marriages trying to commit to a life with someone else, but they haven't even learned how to have life with themselves yet. Like I keep coming back to this, but the predicament that you are in is very real and thinking that you can somehow just bypass it all and live happily ever after. Like it's going to come and it's going to bite you in the ass. And instead of learning it now so the next relationship you get in will be one that could actually work, you're going to try to take the easy way out. You're going to try to take the shortcut. You're going to get into a relationship, get five, 10 years down the road, and find yourself right back where you started. And I say that with love. Because people come to me all the time and, you know, now they're like, and like, my heart breaks. But some people are looking at like, you know, I'm not going to be able to have kids now. Because I spent the last 10 years with someone and now I've run out of time. And that relationship fell apart. Like this is very real. Your dreams are on the line right now. And if you don't develop some mastery, with the curriculum that you're currently exploring in your life. Some of you may be exploring a dating curriculum. Some of you may be exploring an early relationship curriculum. Some of you may be exploring a marriage curriculum. But if you don't develop some mastery with the curriculum that you're currently in, and you try to move on to that next step, you're not going to have the tools for it. I know I got way off on a tangent here, <laughs> so the question the question was about a breakup, but my point was to say that your curriculum right now, going back to the question, your curriculum right now is to end this relationship and to do it clearly and to do it confidently and to do it in your power and to not be persuaded to go back on that decision to not let another four years of your life go by, like that's your curriculum right now. That's your curriculum. And so what I want to say is rise to that challenge. And if 30 days go by, I'm going to say this for you and I'm going to say this for everyone. So whatever your challenge is right now, those of you who are in your life and you're dating or or you're trying to leave a relationship, or like, I'm going to tell you, if 30 days go by, and nothing has significantly changed for you, then like, if, if, if you are still in that relationship 30 days from now, and you haven't figured out how to leave it, or if 30 days from now, you're still getting triggered into the same reactions, and you haven't learned a better way of dealing with them, then it is time to do something that you haven't done yet. You're not going to think your way out of this problem. Your thinking is the problem. And it's about learning a new way of thinking. Developing a whole new relationship with all of this. And to develop a a new relationship with all of it means you need to develop a new you need to develop a new identity because you will relate with it based on who you believe you are and so to have a more powerful relationship with life and with love means you need to have a more powerful relationship with yourself and who you know yourself to be So the Inspired Love program is open for enrollment. Go to inspiredloveprogram.com and you can apply for the program there. Um, I'm just going to scroll through here, see if I can find um, any more questions. Um, Oh, I just want to read this comment from uh, Stretchafute. She says, the money back guarantee is incredible. Alex and Shane are so easy to work with. The program wasn't the best fit for me at the time, but it's, but it's because I was not in my right mind. Okay. So I guess, um, thank you for sharing that. I just, and I want to just shout this out. This is somebody who I suppose, uh, and I don't know your name cause you're called stretchy Foot, but, but, uh, I, this is somebody who actually signed up for the program and then, um, ended up getting a refund. So she says the money back guarantee is incredible. Alex and Shane were so easy to work with. The program wasn't the best fit for me, but it, it's because I wasn't in the right place. Right, but so this is somebody who took the risk and said, Okay, this wasn't what I was looking for, but she was able to get her money back and there was no problem. So there you go. I just I want to shout that out just to just to let everybody know that like there you have it from a real person who decided it wasn't right for her and got her money back. So it really is on you, you know. Um it's really if if you want to do it, do it. If not, we're not gonna give you a hard time. Um, okay, so here's a question. Uh, this is from Theron 98 The question is, I would like to know if it's too early to move on with someone else if you were with them for almost five years. Okay, so it, it, I'm assuming this question that you just left a relationship after five years and you're wondering if it's too early to move on with someone else. I mean, I can't really... I can't really tell you when you'll be ready to move on with someone else or not. I I don't, I don't, I wouldn't know how to answer that. But I mean, if we were coaching, you know, if you and I were in a coaching session and I were to ask you questions and we could maybe get a feel for where you are and if it's the right time or not, but without doing that, I wouldn't know how to answer that. But this is what I'll say is like, you know, you've gotta you've gotta be committed to your own healing work, whether you're in a relationship or not, right? So It's like, it's like, get committed to your own healing work first before you just go trying to get into another relationship. And that will help you discover where you are and if it's the right time for you or not. Okay. So again, like if I were coaching you, we could figure that out together. Um, if you're talking to a coach or a therapist, you should be able to figure that out, get committed to your own healing work first, and then figure out how a relationship fits into that rather than, rather than just going and trying to get back into another relationship like you know a lot of us just jump from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship and it's like at some point you got to realize that you're running from something right like if you just keep jumping from relationship to relationship to relationship but life overall isn't really getting any better you know you have highs and then you have lows but ultimately as the years go by you find yourself pretty much in the same position that you were in the previous year like at some point you got to recognize that you're running from something and you're not going anywhere you know yeah like you can go you can go hook up with someone and have this 6 month hot and heavy passionate fling with them but if you've done that a few times and it hasn't naturally emerged into something more and you're not finding what you're really looking for, well, at some point, you got to realize, okay, I'm running from something. Maybe I should look at what it is that I'm running from. Maybe instead of going outside into another relationship, maybe I should go inside and find out what's going on in there that makes me keep wanting To run into another relationship. Because like, let me tell you for my successful clients and even the ones who are single, and a lot of them are in really great relationships now, but even the ones who are single, they are not out there looking for a relationship. They're not. They're out there living an amazing life. And without them even trying, people are coming into their lives and asking them out. And wanting to explore relationships with them. They are out in the world shining their light. And people are coming to them. Wanting to explore relationships with them. And they're not in a relationship. Not because they don't have possibilities available to them. The reason they're not in a relationship. Is because they are exploring their options. With an open heart not in a hurry to get into something, not just trying to lock down someone right away, right? They're they're exploring their options with an open heart and feeling into what is the right match for me. And like, I'll say, this was my wife when she was single. This is what she did. You know, it's like, it's interesting. You know, like my wife tried to break up with me like 20 times she loves it when i share this it always <laughs> she she loves it right <laughs> but she tried to break up with me like 20 times when we first started dating and i just think that's so amazing because like i'm a catch or i was a catch right when i was a single guy i was a catch and and she knew that and she didn't pretend it was any other way like she knew i was a catch and she acknowledged it with me but what what i love about her and what I loved about even the fact that she tried to break up with me 20 times even though it kind of drove me crazy like there, there I mean there was like a 6 6 months where I was like going out of my mind like is she gonna is she gonna make up a decision about what she wants or not right but but what I loved about that was that even though I was a catch and even though she knew I was a catch and even though in a lot of ways she wanted to be with me she was more concerned with making sure that I was the right fit for her than she was with just locking down a relationship with the first good guy she met. And that demonstrated to me a level of self-respect in her that had me go, oh my God, you are an amazing human being. And... This is what my clients do too. Like graduates of the Inspired Love Program, this is what they're out there doing in the world right now. They're out there shining their light, letting love come to them, and discerning what feels right in their body. Discerning what resonates for them in their heart. And and I'm going to be honest, when I was dating... My wife was the first person that I ever saw who showed up that way. Before, before my wife, I, I, I've shared this before, before I met my wife, every woman I dated did one of two things. She was either desperate to get into a relationship with me or she played games and treated me like I was disposable. There was one other woman who who was not that way actually and and she actually became a very close friend of mine. Her name was Claudia and and she she just was very honest and she's like I am not romantically interested in you but I think you're amazing and I would love to have a friendship if you're open to that. And I was like I'm open to that and Claudia and I became amazing friends. We had we had an incredible we're not so close anymore we've grown apart but we had an incredible friendship an amazing amazing friendship. And the only other woman who showed up for me that way was my wife. And my wife wasn't like, I'm desperate to be with you. But she actually came out directly and told me, I really like you. And I really like our relationship. And I really want to see where this goes. I had never had anyone be that honest with me. And then in that same note where she's saying, I really like you. And I really like our relationship. And I really want to see where this goes. She would also come to me and say, I don't know how I feel. I don't know if I can commit to this. I'm really struggling. And when I say she tried to break up with me, what I mean is she said things like that, right? She never, she was never like, I'm not into this, it's over. She was like, I don't know if I can commit to this. This scares me. I'm really struggling with this. I don't know if this is the right relationship for me, right? And she wasn't like, she wasn't walking out on me. But her willingness... To honor herself and, and yes, I like you. I like our relationship. I want this. And at the same time, I have, I have reservations. And at the same time, I'm afraid. And at the same time, I don't know if this is right for me. And, and I'm not an easy sale. Like what she actually, what she was actually doing, and I don't even know if she consciously knew that she was doing this, but what she was doing was she was giving me enough space to step up and show her that I was a safe, honorable man that she could trust. I don't, I don't know if she consciously knew that that's what she was doing, but that is what she was doing. And time and time again, I showed up with that. Hey, I understand if you don't want this, I respect that. And you've got to do what's right for you. But if you do want this, I'm here. And we can build something really amazing together and giving her the space to make that decision and not pushing it on her and not begging her for it, but also being consistent and letting her know that if she wanted to step into that, I would step into that with her. She created the space where I was able to do that. And no other woman I had ever dated had had ever done that. So that's what I teach women in the Inspired Love program to do. And, you know, my wife my wife is a really special lady, and, and I, I love her so much because I, I've never met anyone like her. But, you know, it's really interesting because my wife went through an incredible, incredible amount of trauma as a child. And... I mean, she's done a lot of work. shes I mean, she, my wife has done an incredible amount of work. I mean, she's traveled to India multiple times and, and she's just, I mean, she's done an incredible amount of work. But something I think that makes her really special is that as a child, she had to sit with her trauma because she was abused by her parents and there was no outlet for her. And I don't know, I don't know, it must just been intuitive for her, but as a very little child, she turned to God in her fear. I don't know where she, I mean, she went to church, so maybe that's where she got it from. Her parents took her to church. I don't know. But, but intuitively in her heart, when she, was being traumatized, when she was being traumatized as a child, she developed this ability to turn to God in her trauma. And she has grown up to be someone who has such a deep spiritual connection because it's been her only refuge in her entire life. And when she couldn't trust the outside world, she would go inside and she would find that God place inside of herself. And she's been doing it ever since she was a little baby, you know, a couple years old. And that is also something we teach in the Inspired Love program. I've said to um, I've said to uh, many of my clients is that you need to find a safe space inside of yourself, where no matter where you, no matter what you experience in life, no matter how dark it looks, no matter how scary it is, no matter how lonely it is. You have a safe place inside of yourself that you can go to find refuge. And that is what I call that God place within us, that authentic self place within us, right? That place that is behind all of our fear. And when I talk about being that light in the darkness, you know, being that person in the dating world that brings that thing that everyone is looking for, But nobody has the courage to express, right? Which is love, right? Everybody in the dating world, men and women, are looking for love. But we don't have the courage to express love. But when someone, when someone has enough courage to express love and authenticity in the midst of all the chaos they create a space that gives someone else permission to do the same. And so when I talk about being a light in the darkness, being that space in which authentic love can occur, where that really comes from is from getting to know that safe place inside of yourself getting to know that authentic love, that God place inside of yourself. And once you get to know it inside of yourself, the next step is learning how to bring it out into the world. And that's when you become exceptional. That's when you become someone who can stand out in the dating world. That's how you can become someone who can magnetize love in the midst of all the fear. And that is what it means to be exceptional. I said earlier that, you know, being a good person is not enough in this world. Because there's too much toxicity. We have to be exceptional. Now, look, I I hope that one day in the future, when we've healed all this generational trauma, I hope that one day we can live in a world where we can all just be good people. And we don't have to work so hard. Right. And we can all just be happy and at ease and in love and joy. And and I hope like I hope that the world becomes a place where we get to experience that. But I know that right now, the only possibility we ever have of the world becoming that. Is by us choosing to become exceptional today. And by us choosing to be exceptional we create the life and the love that most people don't have. And we become examples of what is possible in the world. And hopefully, we inspire other people to become exceptional. So we can have more examples. So we can, by, by like a an exponential effect, have more and more people see what is possible. And to the degree that we can spread that message, we can change the world. And I think the I think the way the world is right now is going to require that. So that's the message for today. And I really just want everybody to presence that. I really want to. I really want you to recognize our predicament here. You know, we're so, we're so much in tunnel vision. We're so much living in our own little world and our own little lives that we often don't step back and look at the big picture. But I want you to really step back and recognize our predicament here in this world. Recognize the trauma that we've inherited. Recognize the fact that the people who gave us that trauma will soon all be dead. And this will be our world. And it will be up to us to decide what we do with it. And we have a responsibility. Like I'm not someone who's going to shrink from that. Like I have a responsibility to share my light with the world, which means I have a responsibility to heal everything that keeps me in darkness. And I choose that because I want my life to mean something. I don't want the time I've spent in this world to be wasted time. And I don't wanna pass that on to my children I don't want my wife to be someone who has to receive my trauma. And so I choose to heal. So I don't keep perpetuating the cycle. And this is a call for you to do the same. This is a call for you to recognize your responsibility to share your light with the world. So, you don't pass your trauma on to your kids. So, you don't pass your trauma on to the people that you're in relationship with. So, you don't keep spreading the message of fear and protection and defensiveness. And I get it. We're all good people, we all have good hearts. At the core of us, we all want the best. But that's not enough in this world. There's too much toxicity. So that's the message for today. And if you really understand the predicament we're in, then you will understand why healing is so important. So sending lots of love to all of you, you know, it's been a big conversation today. I know it's kind of a heavy conversation when we talk about this stuff. And it's almost, it's almost easier to just talk about, oh, well, why did he ghost me? Why didn't he call me back? And, you know, it's almost just easier to talk about that stuff. But sometimes we got to get real. And sometimes we got to talk about, yeah, why he ghosted you. He ghosted you because he was raised in a toxic culture. That's why he ghosted you. He ghosted you because he was raised in a world that didn't teach him to do any different. And if you ever want to have a different experience where people don't ghost you, where you don't just experience the toxic dating world over and over and over again, then you've got to become someone who can be the difference then you've got to become someone who can be the light in the darkness. And then it'll be reflected back to you. So sending you so much love, everyone, lots of love, lots of blessings. I know this is a difficult conversation. I know this is a difficult predicament we're in. I I live it in the same way all of you do. And I promise you it has not been any easier for me than it will be for any of you but we're here to walk each other home and we're here to heal together. And that's why I do the work I do is because I want you to be able to experience the things I've experienced on the other side of the suffering. So on that note, I'm going to close it out today. So much love to all of you on your journeys, wherever you are, wherever you're going through, however you've received this message. I just want to let you know that you are loved, that you are worthy, that you have everything it takes. And I want to invite you to rise to that challenge. So, so much love, everybody. So many blessings. I'll see you back here on the podcast next week. Take care. Bye. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.